Star City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What do you do? Liquor Mark. I'm doing pretty well, man. That was an enthusiastic what to do. Sometimes we get like the like lower pitch, you know, like unenthusiastic one. I think we had a couple of those in a row. But uh, we haven't had any bad news in like at least a week for the Hornets. So uh, Summer League's over. We are officially in the dog days of the offseason. We're going to keep the content coming with uh, some, some interesting episodes planned coming up. But today, Tim, we have Summer League to discuss, five games of Summer League to talk about. So we're going to play a little bit of a game of stock up or stock down for six players on the team, the six probably like most recognizable names slash meaningful players that might actually play for the Hornets. Um, the first of those being JT Thor. Stock up or stock down for JT Thornton? Stock is through the roof. We're, we're rolling around Bitcoin six months ago. Uh, <laughs> we've been big JT Thor stockholders for a long time. He had 16 points in the fourth quarter to close out the game. He just looked like an NBA player. He looked like one of those guys, like he wasn't quite, you know, Paulo Banchero, like, you know, he's going to get pulled after two games. But I thought that defensively, he just looked so good. And he kind of, it almost looked like he was confident enough that he recognized, like, yeah, I'm going to be playing with the big boys soon. Yeah, I went with a stock up as well. 12 points per game, 42% from the field, and 37% from three with 1.6 steals per game. Seems like he made a little bit of a leap. Seems like he's been working this offseason. And again, he's so young. Um, that like having these kind of stats in the summer league even is impressive. Um, and he showed flashes last year in the, in the actual league. 37% from three. Don't know if that's sustainable, but that's a good sign. If he can play defense and uh, hit threes, that's all we ask from him. We should like preface all of these stock up and stock downs with the stock in summer league in general should be like very, very low. Um, if you're watching every, like if you're living and dying by every play in the summer league, that's really not the correct approach. We've learned that year after year that summer league results, whether good or uh, bad, don't really factor that much into actually like the player's development. But you can, you can give him a little bit of a stock up. He played well. Yeah, I would say like this. If a player that you did not like does not play well, then it definitely matters. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like, you know, like depending on how you feel about a guy, it, you know, it definitely, it's an inflection point. And we're high on high on JT Thor. And I think he's going to be fantastic. I mean, like a lot of people were projecting him to go back for his sophomore year at Auburn, but instead he came out and I think we kind of got a steal. Um, I mean, you know, he's probably not going to be a five time all-star, but he has shown, you know, from what he flashed last year to what he did this year, there was improvement. 
And uh, with a guy that size, with his defensive capabilities, I'm a, I'm I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Also hit that game winning three uh, against the Lakers. Something that I don't know. I didn't expect JP Thor to be hitting hitting game winners anytime, even in summer league soon. So yeah, impressive impressive showing from him. Let's move on to to, to the next guy yeah. on the list, Kai Jones, baby Giannis, as you have nicknamed him. I'm gonna I'm gonna start us out here. Stock down. 0 for 10 from three in the first game. 0 for 10, Tim. And then he only took six threes in the remaining uh, four games. And he finished one for 16 from three. And Tim, you've called him baby Giannis in the past. Not that Giannis is particularly good at shooting threes, but I think we got to kind of at least somewhat retract the, uh, the optimism about Kai's ability in the NBA. I think it's at least somewhat dependent on him being able to be a competent shooter. And this was not not a good showing from him in the summer league. Kind of expected more from a second year uh, first round pick, considering like he should have like the most experience combined with talent of any of the players on the roster. Um, and yeah, not kind of a disappointing showing from Kai. So, Mark, this is why we do the podcast because okay. you see you see negative, I see positive. Okay. What is one thing, Giannis? He has always done. He's never been afraid. You know, <laughs> nerve wracking. You like in a pickup game when you go zero for three. You're like, I'm definitely passing the ball inside. <laughs> Kai says no. Kai says no. And but but realistically, the shot was the reason that he went nineteenth. Um, you know, like the ability to have it be a three point shooter. Yeah, right now it does not look like that's ever going to happen, or at least not anytime soon. The shot needs a lot of work. But what I did see is a guy who was more honed in on defense. He wasn't, you know, in summer league, you can get, what, eight fouls before you foul out. Um, he wasn't a super high foul guy. He was up to, like, two blocks a game. And athletically, he was just above and beyond anyone else. And, you know, like, obviously, you never want to judge guy by judge guys by dunks, you know. But some of his dunks, I was like, oh, that kind of looks like Giannis. That looks like 2014 Giannis. And like, I know I'm being crazy and I don't think he's going to be a two-time MVP and a finals MVP. But I think summer league is the time where you can kind of experiment with things. And, you know, Steve Clifford is, you know, there watching every game. So he knows the coach is watching. And I think it's fair to experiment a little bit, but yeah, I mean, the shot is not there athletically. I think he's fantastic. I think his defense has improved and his time in the swarm uh, he was a fantastic pick and roll guy. And I just think if he continues to do that, I think he has it, but he's most likely not going to be able to play four as though we envisioned. Yeah. He like, if he can't shoot threes, he has to be a five. Um, it is worth noting, noting that, uh, in the G league, he shot the three ball pretty well with like a larger sample size. It was, was just five games in summer league where he was not able to shoot threes. And I mean, I think it's kind of concerning that he went from shooting 10 in the first game to shooting six for the next four games. Like clearly something's off with that. Maybe he'll get it fixed. We'll just have to wait and see. It is, like I said, sort of a small sample size. You mentioned the two blocks per game. He also shot 42 and a half percent from the field, despite shooting 6% on, on threes. So, <laughs> so, you know, you can round that up to about 50% on twos. Uh, and he looked good when he was driving to the basket and he still looked athletic. But like I said, like like he should have been the best player on the team, and he was not. So that's that's a little bit disappointing. 
That's fair. I would I would counter with this without you know being too much of a apologist. Um, summer league has never really been a place where big men thrive, unless mm. you have like a great guard. And spoiler alert: the Hornets did not have great guards. Yeah. Um, even though, like, I mean, he's still like a lot of errant shot attempts. His uh, he tried to win the game on a three v one fast break and just went absolutely nowhere. That was a disaster. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard. And same with Mark Williams, where like Mark Williams, I think shot 44%. It's really hard to play with summer league guards where all these guys are fighting for their lives. They're like, either we're going to make the 15th spot, the G league, or we're going to be playing in Rome in three months. So they're like, man, maybe I go nine of 10 from three. Let's find out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you in in particular. I mean, we're going to talk about this a little bit later. Might as well bring it up now. The lack of James Booknight on this roster made the Hornets summer league team uh, like 40% less enjoyable to watch, like a substantial amount less enjoyable to watch. Um, if he'd been on the team, I think we would have been actually pretty good. I think the team would have maybe gone four and one instead of two and three, right? Like we just didn't have any guards that, that played well. I mean, Bryce McGowan's was the closest thing. And we're, we're about to talk about him in a second. He did not shoot the ball well. He only averaged 2.6 assists per game. Um, and then Jalen Crutcher, like Jalen Crutcher, um, LJ Figueroa, like those guys are not going to be in the league anytime soon. So we just didn't have a solid talent at the, at the guard position to, to help out these bigs. Um, and I guess we'll just move on from there to, to Bryce. And stock up or stock down for, for Bryce McGowan's. I'll, I'll go stock up because I had low expectations. Okay. Yeah, I also have a little bit of a stock up for him. He had one very, very, very good game against Cleveland where he had 24 p- points, shot five of six from three, seven of ten from the field. And that was definitely unexpected. He looked very good in that one game. But then the other games, he looked like we thought he would or maybe even slightly worse, right? Like, from the field is not very good. He did shoot threes very, very well at, I think, 43% from three. Um, But he didn't have that good of a playmaking ability. Like I said before, only 2.6 assists per game. Also averaged 2.6 turnovers per game. I think Hornets fans, if you just watch the games, you're seeing a lot of Bryce. And so you're like, oh, he's going to be good. He played the most minutes on the team by far at 30.8 minutes per game. But he was not very efficient in those minutes. He showed flashes. I think he has potential. Uh, but I don't think it was some, like, resounding success for Bryce in the summer league. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a semi-famous story about uh, when Justin Holiday was on the Warriors. This was, like, 2015, 2016, when they're looking for young guys. And they're in the locker room, and Andre Iguodala pulls up the stat sheet. He says, 16 minutes? 11 shots. Wow. I would love to do that. And I feel like in summer league, it's almost the opposite where they're like, Hmm, 30 minutes. You had eight assists. Hmm. Yeah. You got the wrong mentality. And so it's <laughs> like, I feel like in summer league, like, I mean, these guys are trying to get buckets. They're trying to like, you know, they're trying to make a little bit of a name for themselves. McGowan's. I, I, I'm like, I'm talking to myself. I'm like, maybe he could be like a Cody Martin type. I don't think that he's going to be this second round savior that some people think he is. He could be a quality 10th man, which would be a win. See, I, I see him as more, more of like a boomer bust, which is not bad to get in the second round. 
Um, like I think if he hits offensively, he could actually be kind of good. And he's still super young, so he's very raw. Definitely a project, though. Like I don't expect to see him getting, quite frankly, any minutes with the Hornets, but like maybe in the occasional run. He's on a two-way contract, but I, I think for the most part, he's going to be in the G League this year developing, and then we'll like maybe give him some run with the Hornets next season. Um, I, I don't think he'll be he'll be an actual contributor to the Hornets this season. But I, I like the potential. I think it's a good good second round pick um, with the potential for high upside. Again, forty three percent from three. That's pretty dang good. Yeah, I think this will be a fun thing to clip and look back on. Is a uh, he has two possessions in a in training <laughs> camp where he kind of locks up mellow, and then he's playing over book night next year. We'll be like, <laughs> oh yeah, okay, that that was fun. That was fun <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next up, we've kind of saved. I wish I had done the order uh, more correctly. Mark Williams, you know, uh, our first-round pick, maybe the most hype around him than any other player. I was excited to watch Kai Jones equally, probably. But Mark Williams, very excited to watch him in the summer league. And he did pretty much exactly what we expected him to do, where he was very good on defense. He averaged 1.4 blocks per game in only 19 minutes per game and also a steal to go along with that. Seven and a half rebounds per game and uh, seven points per game. So he was pretty good on defense, but also not great on offense. Like you've already mentioned, we can kind of attribute that to the lack of guards on this roster. And, you know, with him playing with LaMelo, he's going to be taking a lot higher quality looks but he shot 44% from the field, which is not exactly what you want to see from a center who doesn't really shoot the ball. Like he's just also had the sixth highest field goal percentage in NCAA history. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Playing at Duke where he was surrounded by a lot of talent. He had a lot higher efficiency. So I would say you can expect that number to be a lot higher playing with NBA uh, level guys. And it wasn't a fantastic showing for Mark Williams, But I also don't think it was a bad showing. And we have sort of the built-in excuse of he didn't have any high-level guards to play with in the summer league. It's kind of just a wait and see. Stock says about the same thing. Yeah, I would say, you know, it's a hold on Mark Williams. Uh, If you liked what you saw in college, I think you would have liked what you saw in summer league. There were also multiple times, same thing happened with my boy James Wiseman. Uh, where he was just like wide open and like the lob was such an easy play, but they were like, yeah, I'm going to take a 16 footer, like a contested fadeaway. I think come like, you know, the start of the season that he's just salivating to play with LaMelo ball. I thought he got good position. I thought he did a good job of he didn't rack up a ton of blocks in a short time, but he also contested so many shots. And I just, I'm over the moon about the concept of, a big man who can actually catch and dunk the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited to see what he does um, in training camp and then looking forward in the preseason. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he plays with Lamelo, which I think will be a resounding success. Um, okay. Two more players on this list. We got Nick Richards who only played in two games. Stock slightly up on Nick Richards in the Indiana game, which we got blown out of. He was like the only good player. He had 15 points. I think a lot of those came in like the first half, uh, 11 rebounds. But uh, it was kind of 
just the Nick Richards show, at least at the very beginning of the game. I think he had like our first nine points and then he sort of fell off. He had nine turnovers in two games, Tim. So we joked about how many turnovers he was going to get at the end of the very last podcast we did. And it ended up being nine in two games. That's an average of four and a half. His feel for the game is just lacking. And I, I hope that he doesn't steal any minutes from Mark Williams or Kai Jones uh, this next season. We'll have to see. Uh, yeah, if there was a God, that would not happen. Nick Richards, of all people, weirdly enough, like I'll be out and about and uh, be talking about basketball and like, you know, I'll be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you're a Hornets fan. I, I have a Hornets podcast. And the second player after the of people like normally ask me about, they're like, so what do you think about Nick Richards? <laughs> I'm always just flabbergasted. I'm like, oh, he's really good at having his shirt untucked. <laughs> like, that's like my lasting memory of Nick Richards. Um, I think he's fine. We joked about, do you remember what his uh, turnover to assist ratio was his last year at Kentucky? No, but I remember there was like seven to like 42 or something like that. It was, it was 47 to seven. <laughs> <laughs> Four, that's 47 turnover, seven assists, everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the anti, the anti Monte Morris. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought that, you know, he was, he was fine. I kind of, at this point, I want Nick Richards to become like the AC green, the iron man of summer league. And I hope when he's 37 years old, some random team, like the Pelicans are like, I think he could be our 15th man. I just feel like his destiny is summer league. All right. With all this being said, um, I th- like he did play decently well. I think he's like serviceable. Um, like as a third center on the roster, but I just I just hope he's not the second center coming off the bench. I mean, if it's Mason Plumlee and then Nick Richards and Kai Jones and Mark Williams are sitting on the bench, that's a dark, dark, dark future to think about, right? I'd say that's that's a tough thing about this stock up, stock down. It's like the NBA rotation, two hundred forty minutes. It's a zero sum game. It's like there's only so much to go around. If Kai Jones' stock is down then someone is filling those minutes and it by Steve Clifford's accord, it seems like Nick Richards would be a type of guy. Nick Richards might even be too skilled to be <laughs> Steve Clifford's type of guy. All right. Next guy on the list, Leangelo Ball, Lamelo's brother. Uh, stock down, Tim. He shot, I believe, 6%. No, wait, that's uh, Kai Jones. 18% <laughs> on threes. <laughs> 18% on threes in his uh, limited playing time. He only played like 35 minutes in summer league because of uh, an injury. He was, or COVID. He had, uh, he was in COVID protocols. He was late to start summer league. Um, only played in three games, 11 and a half minutes per game. But yeah, stock slightly down on him. I think his summer league last year was better than this, this year, right? Like he actually was yeah. one of our like top five players last season in the summer league. And then this year he, he did, he played worse. Um, you know, COVID protocols, I'll give him kind of a pass, but it was not, not the showing you want from one of the ball brothers. Uh, whereas last season I was actually kind of excited about his uh, possibilities. Yeah. I, uh, I love my brothers. One of the best friends. He's not exactly uh, a LaMelo ball superstar, but it would be as though like he got me a job interview at his job. And just because he was such a good employee, I showed up. And then, like, two minutes into the interview, I was like, you guys got any Miller High Life? 
<laughs> it's like, come on, dude, you're here for one reason. It's your last name. Show out a little bit. Come into shape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do kind of want to give him a pass. Like maybe, maybe he just wasn't ready for it considering the, the COVID protocols. I even saw like on Instagram, somebody got a picture with him on his like a commercial flight to Vegas. Like he just hopped on a commercial flight to get over there for summer league. So like it was kind of last minute for him. He probably wasn't in the best of shape because of the COVID protocols. And we don't know the details of like how serious it was or, you know, if he actually had COVID or if it was just a protocol thing, we don't know. So I'll give him a slight pass, but yeah, stock down. He did not play very well. I think that's, I think that's very fair. Um, okay. So we talked about book night earlier. This, this would have been a lot more fun if book night had been able to play. He was not able to play because of a pinky finger injury, uh, which he required surgery. Book night going to be taking number two next season by all accounts, because that number is now vacant. Tim Lamelo is finally getting his wish. He's taking number one. He wanted it last season, but like, I guess it was too late to tell the NBA uh, that he wanted number one. He is getting number one officially now. And uh, that number will be in line with the tattoo he has on his chest. <laughs> What a, if you were going to get something, would you do like the, the English Open tattooed on your chest? <laughs> One C4. <laughs> right, right. That's, the, that's a nerdy, nerdy joke for everybody. That's the chess move I play on, on move one, 2017 North Carolina <laughs> chess champion right here. Um, yeah, no, no other thoughts other than my LaMelo Ball uh, jersey that I bought in, during his rookie season is now just out of date. Should, should I throw it away, Tim? No, I think it becomes more valuable. Ah. Because we're assuming LaMelo is going to go down as a Hall of Famer, win five championships with the Hornets, mm-hmm. and you'll have one of those retro fits, like the Jordan 45. You'll be like, ooh, man, I haven't seen that. But where's that from? Young kids will be coming up to you 20 years from now. Now that's golden. Frame it. I think I, I, think I might. I think I might have to do that. All right. Uh, you got some Steve Clifford thoughts. So he was recently on the uh, Woj podcast. And there's an interview with Steve Clifford on that podcast. I have not had the time to listen to that yet, but you have, and uh, you have some observations you want to run by me and the listeners. Let's, let's hear it. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I'm going to preface it with, uh, I wish that my job started later in the day. So I didn't have time to listen to this because it was super boring. <laughs> I hate Woj. Um, I, one of the few times on a podcast, I listened to it at a uh, double speed. Um, but yes, yeah, some, some Clifford highlights, these are direct quotes. He said, uh, referencing his last season in Charlotte, it was my time. My last year did not go well. It was time to go, which I thought was very fair and honestly showed a little bit more reflection than I expected from someone like Steve Clifford. Mm-hmm. Um, he also claims that during his time in Orlando, uh, Michael Jordan would still text him every now and then. Like, they did not leave on bad terms. He was pretty much like, you know, I knew as soon as Mitch Kupchak got the job that, like, I was the first domino to fall. It was business. Like, you know, it was, there was no hard feelings whatsoever. Um, one scary thing that he did say is, quote, I didn't think I could be a factor in this search until Mitch called on Sunday. And then he was hired within a week. So it took the Kenny Atkinson firing. And then he was just like, oh. Maybe I should check my decks. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a little concerning. Uh, Kenny Atkinson backs out, and it seemed seemed kind of panicky at the time. 
Uh, we've had time to adjust now, Tim. I don't think either of us are, are that hurt by the Steve Clifford uh, rehiring at this point. I think it maybe will work. Um, we'll, just, we'll have to wait and see for the regular season how it pans out. But um, just the process of like taking four days between contact and hiring, probably not the move. As someone who has worked in a lot of restaurants and random places, it takes longer in restaurants than that. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, that's not exactly great. Uh, during his time in between Orlando and Charlotte, he worked as a consultant for the Brooklyn Nets because he had connections with Steve Nash through the Lakers. Um, and he just said that being consultant was nice. It wasn't a full-time job, so it gave him a chance to go back down to Orlando and watch a bunch of league pass. And he pretty much concluded uh, that he had more time to watch all the teams around the league and reevaluate what was working, what was not working. Where when he went to Charlotte from Orlando, he was pretty much like, I'm doing the Steve Clifford offense. And he admitted, like, you know, I was kind of wrong. Maybe, like, you know, there's a lot of great offensive teams in the league that I can learn from. And from a defensive coach like that, I think that's very promising. Yeah. I like to to hear that as well. Uh, Because if you were coming in – running the same offense he ran with the Bobcats and then the the Hornets. Um, That's a little outdated in today's NBA. So it's good to hear that he's been, I mean, like you you never know with these guys, like he could have been, I I mean, he could have been doing nothing for the past two years and I wouldn't know. Right. But he, it seems like he's (laughs) actively like trying to improve as a coach in, in the uh, off time, which is good to hear. Oh, man, I can't believe you're not following Steve Clifford's Instagram. Jim's <laughs> on there. Um, he does say that this is uh, the most talented team I have coached. Most of the teams I've coached prior to this were projected seventh or eighth seeds, and this has more talent. I'm like, well, I'm sorry to break it to you. This might be the most talented. You're probably going to be the 10th seed or 11th seed. Yeah, yeah. The, the league has gotten better too, right? Like this team in, in 2014 – would would probably be like the five seed, but the East and the league as a whole has gotten better since then, I think. Oh um, man, this this team in 2015, we're a LeBron cramp away from making the finals. <laughs> That's how yeah. bad the East was. Um, another thing he he talked about, and I, I don't know if this was like a shot at Borrego, but during the slam article uh where Lamelo was the cover star. He talked about he would go over to Borrego's house like once a week, hang out with his kids, hang out at the pool, just have a good time. And Steve Clifford was pretty much just like, I've, I've met with all of our players. We only talked about basketball. Mm. Like, you know, I just I just feel that that's that's what's important. So that way they know when I want to speak about a serious subject to actually listen. But yeah, he was pretty much just like, you know, he'd be one of those guys. He'd roll up to your house at 1 a.m., you'd be watching a movie and he'd pause it. He'd pause Prometheus and be like, dude, you're picking roll coverage. I mean, <laughs> what, what is going on there, Terry? Yeah. But I mean, I think that might be a good thing. He just, he came off very much and not in a bad way, but like one of those really strict, like AP teachers you would have, but then come May, he'd probably loosen up a little bit. Yeah. Just like super professional. Um, and, and the team might need a little bit of that might need a little bit of discipline, to be honest. I mean, we're, we are terrible defensively. Lots of off-the-court issues, as we've previously discussed. So I think having somebody who is just like, hey, you guys haven't earned anything yet is probably uh, actually a good thing. And then uh, he, the last thing he said, he kept, you know, because with the Nets, he was working with Kevin Durant or working around Kevin Durant a lot. And he just kept saying, 
you know, in reference to Kevin Durant, quote, the best players want structure. They want to be at work. They want accountability for their play. And I don't necessarily, like, I don't disagree, but that isn't like something, like if the teacher said that the first day of school, you'd be like, oh, this guy sucks. <laughs> but at the other day, you'd get a better grade on the exam. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's true. The, the best players, I mean, they have a learning mindset, not to get too psychological here, but like, do you think Kevin Durant has just always been like, oh, I'm the best player ever? No, he's been like, oh, I got to get better. So um, having somebody critique you is, is not a bad thing if you're mature about it. And, um, you know, you have a mindset of actually growing. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, all, all things considered, I think Steve Clifford sounds like a good guy and worst case scenario after two years, our defense gets a lot better. He works with Mark Williams and LaMelo cuts down on his mistakes by 30%. That's a win. Yep. Yep. Anything else from the interview? Uh, No, that, that would be, that would be about it. Not the most exciting interview. (laughs) No, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed all those facts. I appreciate it, Tim. I'll, I'll listen to the pod. After, uh, after we post this pod, probably. Um, another podcast, Bill Simmons' podcast, recently ranked the top trade assets in the league. So basically, he's ranking the best players, but with the contract being factored in. So like, you know, if you're LeBron James making a bajillion dollars, maybe not as valuable of an asset as, according to him, Anthony Edwards, making not that much money. Okay, so... Delusional Hornets take of the week, Tim. Bill Simmons had LaMelo 34th on the list. Okay. Starting out from there, it doesn't sound that bad, but let me give you the players he had in front of LaMelo. 33, Jabari Smith. 32, Jalen Green. 31, Darius Garland. 30, Paolo Banchero. 29, Chet Holmgren. Three of those dudes have not played a minute in the NBA. Jabari Smith didn't look very good in the G League. Paolo and Chet did but they still have not played a single minute in the NBA. Jalen Green, definitely not better than LaMelo. Just like, going to throw that out there, just on a terrible Rockets team, put up empty stats, shot the ball terribly, was one of the worst players in the league during the first half of the season. Darius Garland, I kind of see the argument. Not even going to harp on that one. But yeah, any any thoughts on that group of players there, Tim? Um, yeah, someone who's super high on Chet. I'm like, okay, like, you know, should have been the first pick. That's fine. Uh, Paulo, Paulo shot like... Sub 40% from the field in summer league. It's not like he was so good that they just had to like get security to like rip him off the floor. He was fine. Like, you know, maybe he plays more valuable position. I would really love to see if he can play any defense or actually shoot at an NBA level. Uh, Jalen Green, that's absolutely insane, especially because LaMelo was so young for his class. Yeah. Like LaMelo was the same age as most rookies last year. Right. So it's not even like an age gap. LaMelo has better size. Jalen Green and Cade, they were both two guys that their height just turned out to be inaccurate. Like Jalen Green was supposed to be 6'6". He's really like 6'5". Um, yeah, I, I, I do not see that. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Okay, next group of players. Pascal Siakam, 21. 20, Drew Holiday. If, if you talk to the Raptors about a LaMelo for Pascal trade, they're saying yes, I think, instantly. Like, like, it's like, okay, like, what do we have to throw in, right? Pascal Siakam is a good player, but he does not have the upside. He does not have the youth of a LaMelo ball, not to mention the contract number, which is being factored in. This is not a ranking of best players at this moment. This is the best assets in the league. 
if you factor in the contract, of course Lamelo has a better better asset than Pascal Siakam. Yeah, that would totally be one of those things in like fantasy when like it's Saturday and like you're looking at your lineup for the next day. You're like, oh, this isn't good, and you're kind of drunk, and you're like, I'm just gonna, man, I'm gonna go for it. And you totally overcall, and they accept within one second, and you're like, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Yeah, I mean, okay, if the Hornets were to make that trade, we would stop doing the podcast, <laughs> right? That's that's the that's the uh, the metric we need for for uh, to understand that. <laughs> <laughs> that in, the inaccuracy of those rankings. Uh, I think if the Bucks like it's like slightly like like more understandable. Like they want Drew Holiday right now over Lamelo, maybe. But yeah, in terms of trade assets, generally in a vacuum, Lamelo is way higher than Drew Holiday. Um, Sixteen, Scotty Barnes. Fifteen, Cade Cunningham. <sighs> Lamelo is better than both those two. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Yeah, and as someone who came in super high on Cade, um, no, no, no. Like, I was, I was way too high to begin with, and I was man enough to adjust and admit that I was totally wrong. Cade Cunningham is smaller than LaMelo. They're the exact same age. LaMelo shoots better from three. LaMelo is a better creator. They're even on defense. One of them just has a shot that looks like it should go in at 40%, and the other has one that looks like it should go to 20%. But statistics matter at this point. LaMelo gets off more threes. He won more games his rookie year. He won more games his second year. And LaMelo has an extra age of experience, extra year of experience. You can maybe, like, quabble with the contract. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that makes absolutely no sense. And then Bill Simmons, someone called him out on it later that week. And he was like, well, I know that Cade's a winning player. I don't know that about LaMelo. I was like, he just won 43 games. What has Cade done, bro? I, it makes absolutely no sense. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, now, Tim, we get to the the most tragic uh, separation in the rankings. So, again, LaMelo was 34th. Ninth on his list was Anthony Edwards. This could not be, like, you could not have a worse case of recency bias. Anthony Edwards had a good playoff series. He played six games where he averaged 25 points per game. You know who was rookie of the year, Tim? LaMelo Ball over Anthony Edwards. If we did these rankings last year, I'd imagine Bill Simmons would have had LaMelo ahead of Anthony Edwards. You know who played better in the regular season? LaMelo Ball. It's kind of absurd that Anthony Edwards is getting this buzz. LaMelo Ball is officially underrated. Like we said on the last podcast, we didn't think it would be possible for him to be underrated. 
But to say that there's like 25 players in between Anthony Edwards and LaMelo is just like a ridiculous take, in my opinion. Anthony Edwards does not pass. LaMelo does. He's like one of the top 10 best passers in the league. LaMelo shoots better from three. The only thing Anthony Edwards is better at is defense and like getting buckets. He can get better. And even, even that, like no one, no one's like, hey man, watch out for Anthony Edwards, second team all defense next year. It's like, unless he's guarding Wancho Hernan Gomez in an Adam Sandler movie, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, if LaMelo had gotten that role in the movie, the rankings would be inverted. Like, Bill is actually using the film from that movie as like scouting uh, scouting tape on Anthony <laughs> Edwards. He watched he watched that movie a few times, hustle, and was like, "Yeah, oh, Edwards is getting buckets. I didn't know he could shoot the three like that." But no, man, it's it's just ridiculous. He also made the claim where he was like, "Well, you know, if OKC if they call Charlotte about a giddy for Lamelo deal." Charlotte at least thinks about it. OKC doesn't think about it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is the one thing where, like, I feel like where Leangelo is helped by his last name, Lamella was hurt by his last name. If he just came, like, if he was just some random prospect, like, last name Jacobs, and averaged what he did being 6'7 and a top 10 passer and, like, almost 40% from three, people would have him in the top 20, no question. But instead, they're like, I just don't think he cares about winning. Yeah, dude, like, well, there, there's nothing yeah. to that. There's nothing to actually factually back that up. And I think that's a fantastic point. I hadn't thought about that, but like it does, it does hurt. And people are like, I don't know, man. The dad, the dad sucks, and like they're all spoiled. It's like, well, he's just better than Lonzo and Leangelo. Like he's already better than Lonzo. Um, and he's been the best, like, or the most uh, enticing of the of the Ball brothers since he was a little kid. And like he's just the best one of them. And yeah, he's done. He's done a little wrong. He he had a great rookie season, and then he got better in his in year two. I don't really understand like the quibbling. Like, yeah, he hasn't yeah. had any like off court issues whatsoever. He's just goofy in interviews a little bit. But yeah, it's like he's six seven, maybe like six eight, shoots forty percent from three. Great passer. Defense isn't there, but like, I just don't understand. Like, that's like the basketball nerd's dream. Yeah, and he's not even 21. Just think yeah, about he's that. not 21 until August. Yeah, it's like he, he literally just has a funky-looking jump shot. All right, let's move on from there. Uh, you want to talk about Donovan Mitchell trades real quick? Uh, people for Hornets fans have been, you know, guessing if the Hornets would try to trade for Donovan Mitchell. Uh, what do you think, Tim? Do you think we're going to try to do it? Do you think we should try to do it? I'm very thankful that we don't have the assets to make it happen because otherwise <laughs> I feel like we would try to do it. Trading Donovan Mitchell for Donovan Mitchell would just be an abject failure because I'm with the case. Like I don't think Donovan Mitchell is like a top 25 player in the league. Like I think he's fine. I think he's kind of a rich man's Terry Rozier. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree with you. If we could somehow trade, Terry Rozier and a first round pick for Donovan Mitchell. It's like, okay, do that. But that's not the asking price. The asking price would be super duper high, probably as high, if not higher than the Rudy Gobert um, trade package, considering Danny Ainge is involved. He would not take anything, but you know, every player on the Hornets plus some first round picks. So yeah, it would, it would, it would be horrible. It would literally be, it'd be like Gordon Hayward, James Booknight, P.J. Washington, three first-round picks. 
That would be it. Yeah. And we should not do that. Um, I think <laughs> there's, there's little else to say on it other than that. Like it is officially the, uh, the dog days of the NBA season. I don't watch any bat, uh, baseball. So I'm just, I'm just not watching any sports for the next, next couple months. Might watch a little bit of football when that starts, but we're going to have a lot of time on our hands here, Tim. So let's, let's talk about some cinema. Me and Tim often we'll talk about just like shows and movies that we're watching. Figured we'd bring it to the podcast. Why not? So Tim, what's your, what's your movie of the week? All right. My movie of the week, uh, I think screenplay and directed by Charlie Kaufman is the 2003 film Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, you know, people look at it and say, oh, Jim Carrey, like in a sci-fi movie? No. It is uh, one of the beautiful romance of the time. I'm, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for a heart stringer. But like, I don't want to watch like The Notebook. But this is a beautiful movie of what could have been, what can still be. And uh, yeah, I, I would just recommend it's on Amazon Prime. If anyone has it, it, uh, it just, you, it feels like you're reaching your hand out and you just can't fully grasp something. It brings some pain, lots of laughs, looks beautiful. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Couldn't recommend it enough. I will be, I will be watching that tonight, Tim. All right. My movie of the week I'm cheating is a show on Netflix, Dark. Uh, it is in German. Okay, so I know that's a, probably a turn off for a lot of people. Just turn the subtitles on and read it. It's, it's not that hard. So very, very good show. Uh, this is my second time watching it. Probably my favorite show of all time. It's a sci-fi mo- uh, show where like you have to pay super close attention to follow all the details. Like it's confusing even the second time around. So if you like things that just like make your brain think uh, while watching a show. Very, very good show. Uh, yeah. I've told Tim to watch it. Tim, I think you and Caitlin are going to start watching it. I, I believe yep, that's, that's on the docket. That's I like it. Um, I will watch that movie. You watch my show, Tim and all the listeners watch both of those things. Get back to us. Let us know what you think. One, one last thing. Uh, this isn't cinema, but you know, we're, we'll just pull up full media corner. Um, you know, like how bears just know when it's time to hibernate. <laughs> yeah, where are we going? <laughs> that's that's how I feel every time the temperature gets to like ninety five degrees. I'm like, okay, it's time to start listening to late seventies like post punk from New York and uh, album of the week television, Marquee Moon. The title track itself is maybe the best thing to come out of new york of that time better than lou reed street hassle better than talking heads remain in light it is a essential listening television moon it's a bunch of guitars very little vocals it's just great production couldn't recommend it enough i understood about 60 percent of the words you just said there tim i'm not gonna lie and then hadn't heard of a lot of those things that you just said but I'll I'll give it a listen. I'll give it a listen. I'll have to re-listen to this to remember what you just said. It just flew right by me. <laughs> uh, you want to tell the listeners about your trip to Miami? Oh yeah, I went uh, visited Miami and uh, drove down there. Terrible drive, but uh, with fourteen hours. Was, it was fourteen hours with some stops. I was traveling with two dogs in the back, so you know we had to we had to accommodate. But so I get down to Miami. You know, beautiful place. The worst heat of all time. Like, it's like, I always think, oh, man, nothing to be worse than the humidity in Charlotte. And then I step outside. And I'm like, oh, this is much worse. It's like <laughs> 11 o'clock. I'm sweating. 
But one thing I have to say is uh, I felt like I must have been living next door to Tyler Harrow's house. I mean, the amount of Harrow jerseys were insane. I'm talking like one out of six people on the street have the Miami Vice Tyler Hero jerseys. No Jimmy Butler jerseys, no Bam jerseys, nothing. Just Tyler. That's kind of wild. Do you think he'd be that famous if he wasn't a Jack Harlow song? <laughs> I, you know, I, that didn't even cross my mind. But that, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I could not, I could not, I just kept looking. I almost like crashed the car a couple times. I was like, is that a 45 year old man? Tyler Hero jersey? Oh, like, Sixth what? man of the year. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll see people rocking Trez jerseys in Charlotte, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, it was just, that's, that's my main takeaway. And I was, I was staying in an Airbnb in between a nail parlor and a barber shop, and they had floodlights on there. So it would be 2.30 in the morning. The apartment is like 82 degrees because there's no AC. And it just felt like it was four o'clock in the afternoon because it was just so bright out the entire time. There were no curtains. There was no nothing. I was just sitting there sweating in the middle of the night being like, can I please go back to Charlotte? I have to be the only person that's ever gone to Miami and been like, dude, I'd kill to be in Charlotte right now. Yeah, when I asked him if he wanted to talk about on the podcast, he was like, there's nothing much to talk about. It kind of sucks. And I was like, hey, I mean, if I, I think if I went to Miami, I would have a lot, a lot more fun than you would, Tim. Uh, but well, I've, also, I've also been to Miami like five times in the last couple of years. I've had fun. Like, I, I, I'm not going to understand. Like, I mean, the food is fantastic. I mean, you can go around Miami like anywhere. Like, you can just get like the best meal of all time for five bucks, but like, You've never been to South Beach. You don't understand what South Beach is like. What's it, what's it like? Like, I feel poor in Charlotte driving a <laughs> Nissan Altima. Like, you feel poor in, in South Beach if you're only driving, like, a standard Porsche. <laughs> like, the average That's meal, wild. like, a lot, of, a lot of clubs aren't opening up until 1130. Like, it's one of those things, like, you know, you go to bars and, like, it's cool. But, like, the bands don't come on until, like, 10 o'clock. Like, it's a good time. You can walk around and have a fantastic time. But it was also a heat wave. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it was a little tough. Yeah, I got you. Well, I'll, I'll have to get my review of Miami in sometime in the near future. Shout out to the supporters of the podcast, Xavier Harvin, TC Cunningham, Brandon Garcia, Austin Johnson, Dan Joseph, and Isaac Black. Thank you to everyone who supports the show on Winnow. Uh, you can subscribe. The link is in the show notes to get text updates about the Hornets and about our podcast. Yeah. And thank you to anyone that has taken the time to listen to Mark and I's diatribes and uh, make this deep in the show. Oh, sun or uh, sunglasses. Mark. Yeah, I, just, I, just, I just put my sunglasses on for the <laughs> summer league that. episode. We were talking about Miami. They make, they make me feel like I'm in Miami. So I, I threw them on top, top gun Maverick Mark. But yeah, if you could, if you could rate review, subscribe, we'd really appreciate that. And uh, the new sign off Mark, Go Hornets. <laughs> that was that was all time. Tim, if you haven't listened to the end of last episode, Tim ends the episode by going, go Hornets. And I just, I just roasted him. But we both started laughing because I was like, oh, why would you say that? All right. It's the real, Tim. All right. Be safe out there with Mark. <laughs>